with the scent of potpourri Filled to commit to memory Crossing the felt ropes Watching from home on my TV Looking at all my eyes can see They tell me I view obsessively Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com. And while every episode will always be free, if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer for tons of bonus audio content, including... TV and book reviews, immediate reaction movie reviews, Patreon potpourri episodes, movie commentary tracks, and uh, did I say book reviews? Yes, I did. And uh, early access to episodes. Uh, again, that's at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Um, and just so you know, all the money goes to or toward, pay, toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and to get new equipment and everything uh, as needed. But anyway, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Hurt, and you can find me on social media and on Letterboxd at Obsessive Viewer. And joining me today, as always, usually, is Tiny, who can be found on Letterboxd at Obsessive Tiny. How's it going, Tiny? It's going good, man. How are you? Nice. I am doing quite well. Um, we had a very nice, uh, heated discussion, not heated discussion, but, um, although sort of heated cause I'm using a heating pad cause I'm old, um, <laughs> and my back hurts. Um, but we had a nice conversation about physical therapy for your shoulder, uh, heating pad for my back and the evils of a certain political party. Um, right. so it was a, it was a very nice, uh, discussion there. So again, that's at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Um, yeah. So how are, how were you doing? Did you already answer that? I think I did. I'm still good. Still nice. good. Nice. Good. Good. <laughs> that is good to hear. Um, yeah. uh, so today on this show, we're going to do a nice laid back extended potpourri episode. Uh, for first time listeners, potpourri is what we call the section of the podcast where we share, uh, thoughts on things we've watched recently. Um, it's basically a section at the end of the podcast where we just kind of wind down and talk about what we've watched lately. Um, and in these special extended potpourri episodes, we do a round robin review of things that we've watched recently. Um, so, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of use that to kind of do the release valve on things that we've watched without having it be like an official review of something. So, um, we will uh, be avoiding spoilers if we do have any spoilers pop up. Uh, which is rare in these kinds of episodes, but if we do, we'll put a spoiler warning and everything um, ahead of time. Of course, you can always navigate the timestamps in the show notes. These timestamps can be found in the show notes or at obsessiveviewer.com slash OV380. Um, so yeah, so Tiny, are you ready for some extended potpourri? I am ready, sir. Nice, nice. I believe you have three titles and I have four. Yes, three. Okay. I will get us kicked off and then we can go around Robin if that's okay. Sure. I kind of have four. I'll, oh, okay. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. In that case, you go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. Because I forgot uh, about one I was going to bring up. Um, oh, nice. I'm going to start since we were since we were kind of talking about um, certain political things in mm -hmm. Patreon. I'll, I'll stick to that energy and I'm okay. going to bring up a show that Paige and I watched recently that's on Amazon called the terminal list. Okay. 
Yes. So for those who don't know, this is a uh, Chris Pratt vehicle uh, TV show on Amazon Prime. Um, and it's been sort of in the news. It was kind of under the radar for the first month, maybe or so that it was out. Mm. Um, but then it kind of started generating a little buzz. Um, so it's been, um, most of, most, most critics have kind of shot it down and taken it down. Uh, but the fan reaction, uh, audience reaction has been real pretty, pretty positive. Um, but to kind of, to kind of like bring that around, like, I mean, the show has, uh, like an eight, eight point something rating on IMDb. Oh, wow. But the review that here's, here's the title on the other end of that spectrum. Here's mm-hmm. the title for the review of it on rogerebert.com mm-hmm. quote, Prime videos. The terminal list is an alpha male cry for help. Unquote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Which is a kind of a great title. Yeah. Um, and as the Gen Zers would say, where's the lie? <laughs> yeah. Um it it is so alpha, it's kind of gross. Oh, wow. Um but I kind of fucking loved it. Um <laughs> I, love is a strong word. I couldn't mm-hmm. stop watching it. Like we were, we watched the whole thing in two days. Wow. Um, it's, it's very, very compelling. Um, it's the action is awesome. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, a lot of themes that are easy to latch onto, uh, for certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard other people call it, um, a dad show. It's like <laughs> da- dads are like, this is fucking great. Yeah. Um, and it, like, that's, that's again, where's the lie? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> For those who don't know, it's basically um, uh, here. I'll just read the synopsis from IMDb. Mm-hmm. A former Navy SEAL officer investigates why his entire platoon was ambushed during a high-stakes covert mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just I'm sure you can glean from that synopsis that there is a conspiracy theory here. Yeah, uh, and the conspiracy ends up being true. Okay. So, I, I mean, that's not a spoiler. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of obvious. Um, it's. And I think that's why this took off, especially with the right and um, mm. just conservatives just latched onto this thing and just elevated the shit out of it because they're dying for anything that is, it's just so topical that they're dying for anything that, you know, uh, confirms a conspiracy because mm-hmm. that's, that is the crux of their ideology right now. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where so much of the popularity of the show came from. Um, and also I think the, the, um, controversy, I guess, or the semi-negative reviews mm-hmm. have kind of piqued people's curiosity. Um, and it's gotten, it's, it's been renewed for a second season. Okay. Uh, um, but I, I gotta say, I, I ended up, I did enjoy the show a lot. Okay. Um, just, just because the action is really good and there's actually some really, uh, surprisingly, um cerebral um how do i want to explain it sort of this like um kind of unexpected um psychological aspect to the show okay uh the main character is is going through some 
going through some things in, yeah. in his head. I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but um, he's having some psychological issues and they don't shy away from it. Um, and they do show, I, I think it's, it's, it's silly because like he's, he's one of those characters that, you know, he's like, if something's wrong, he's just gonna, he, he's very stubborn and he's just mm-hmm. gonna force his way through it. Right. Okay. He's not gonna, he's one of those guys where if he got diagnosed with cancer, he wouldn't do shit and he would just, mm-hmm. you know, power through like, oh, I'll beat it or he'll yeah. just die. Pain don't hurt. Um, ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly like that. Um, and that is pretty tired honestly mm-hmm. like i think that's i think as a society we need to get away from that because yeah. it's just not healthy it's it's alpha male it's toxic mm-hmm. masculinity it's it's it, it just doesn't have a place in the modern world like it used to yeah i'm not saying it's useless um and and the only reason why i kind of give it a pass mm-hmm is because this character is literally a warrior. Like he's uh, like, do you really want your Navy SEALs to not be like that? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like these guys do hmm. the craziest warfare shit mm-hmm. ever. You don't want them to necessarily not be <laughs> alpha males. Right. They don't have to be toxic. And he's not like they, they mm-hmm. show some scenes where he's, some very touching scenes of him being a father and mm-hmm. a husband. Um, and he has some uh, genuine friendship brotherhood relationships with mm-hmm. his, it's like they tell each other they love each other and it's not like no homo buddy, but I love yeah. you. like it's, they're actually saying, I love you, man. Like it's, oh. it's, it's not, it's not as bad as it could be, I guess is what I'm trying sure. to say. Um, I, it has it has some of those moments that make the alpha male toxic shit much more palatable. Okay. Um, and there's just some fucking cool ass like warfare combat shit in the show that I just nice. it just totally tapped into my testosterone as a dude, and I was like, this is cool. Um, and if if that's something you're into, then the show totally taps into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, and you know the the conspiracy is very compelling. Okay. It's, it's pretty ridiculous because it's a conspiracy, sure, uh, conspiracy theory. But mm. it's compelling. I mean, it's 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 interesting to watch. I was curious what was going to happen. Who's who's involved? Who's not? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it it it's worth a watch if you're into any of that kind of stuff. Um, but I I think I think a lot of the criticisms that I've read are are pretty accurate and, okay. and, and dead on. And I can't really refute them. All I can say is I just enjoyed the show. Okay. Um, so let me ask you this. Is it, is the, is the entirety of the show, is it stateside post like all of that? Or is there like flashbacks to like the, like I'm talking specifically about like the action aspect of it. Is it all like stateside him like fighting the conspiracy thing or is there flashbacks to whatever the ambush is i assume that was overseas yeah the first episode is the ambush okay and then from there he's back stateside and he's fighting like in a fight it's like the fugitive or whatever you know any of those 90s action movies where there's someone who's falsely accused and they're Mm -hmm. trying to clear their name and figure out what actually happened it's it's that for sure like okay so again that's that's part of the show that's kind of tired. Like that's, that's been done. Yeah. And we've seen that, but okay. they made it their own in my opinion. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's the terminal list. It has been yeah. re- renewed for season two. I th- I'm almost positive. Yeah. Okay. And it is on Amazon prime. Yeah. 
Excuse me. Um, that's awesome. I, I might have to check it out because that kind of seems like maybe not something I would really be into, but also the idea of like the action aspect seems kind of fun. So, um, yeah, I, you, you might, you might okay. like it. Um, I, I'm just, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. See, if I don't have, uh, if I don't, if, if like a show, if a show involves like Navy SEALs and they're not crying, or having like a tea party or something, then I'm done. I'm, you know, <laughs> that's what I want out of my Navy SEALs. Right. Um, I am wrong. It has not been renewed yet. Oh, interesting. Okay. That is genuinely surprising. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, shall I go with something that uh, is likely to be renewed if they haven't already... Um, renewed it because it was a big hit on its premiere please do so house of the dragon premiered on hbo (laughs) on sunday and actually right before we started recording um i watched the first episode and it's called heirs of the dragon and basically, so so House of the Dragon is a spinoff of Game of Thrones. It's set 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones, where House Targaryen is ruling over the over the, you know, seven kingdoms. And yeah, I don't know where it's going to go from there, but uh, obviously a very high profile show. It apparently broke um a lot of records. I think it was like the the number one like first day viewing of anything on HBO or something like that. Something ridiculous, and wow. like it it you know uh, uh, HBO Max uh, kind of uh, had tech difficulties because so many people were trying to stream it. Uh, kind of a whole thing. Um, for me, I had an interesting experience today. <laughs> Because I was watching it and because I'm me and I'm incapable of just watching something without having it documented in some form or the other, be it Patreon, on the podcast, or in a written form, um, I started thinking like, God damn it, okay, I'm probably going to do an episode by episode review series on Patreon for this show. Um, And like it even got to the point where I made like the little like cover art that i use um which is just simple like i just throw a logo on there and everything but um so (laughs) i did that and like i sent i sent a picture of it to you and i said um how did i phrase it i said i said started watching the premiere of house of the dragon and since i'm an idiot who can't just watch things without documenting it for uh, patreon or podcasts i made this decision with uh i made this decision and i showed a picture of the of the cover art that i made uh with all the energy of a fuck i guess so um it's patreon exclusive episode reviews now i watched the first episode and i enjoyed it i honestly did enjoy it it was part of me was it was kind of nice to be back in westeros it was nice to kind of see those familiar sights in a different context like it like the majority of it if not the entirety of it takes place on uh kings at king's landing you see the iron throne obviously you see all of these things um you see dragons it's pretty cool like there's one cool scene where there is a funeral scene and they use the dragon to light the pyre 
for it. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's that's pretty cool. That's honestly pretty cool. Um, and kind of the whole, the, the main crux of the story in this first episode is that Viserys Targaryen is on the Iron Throne. He has some... Uh, some mysterious ailment that's not healing that he's keeping secret and his brother uh, Damon Targaryen played by Matt Smith uh, is this kind of renegade like ruthless like guy who is not necessarily a ne'er-do-well but like he is someone who is very is very much uh, someone who is not a suitable person to be in line for the Iron Throne. And since Viserys Targaryen doesn't have any heirs, he is like the heir de facto. Um, The de facto heir. Um, I should say he doesn't have any male heirs. But anyway, Mm. so, and he also has a daughter named Re something um, who has a pivotal thing in the episode. So anyway, it's interesting. It's fine. Um... I will probably watch it, but like I, before we started recording, I sat down to record a for like the, the review for Patreon and I'm going to spoil it here and say, I'm probably not going to do a review series on Patreon. <laughs> and like I had said, like I, I said, uh, yeah, I said in the, in the chat, I said, yeah, I got like three minutes into that recording and gave up. I just don't give a shit enough about game of Thrones anymore to really commit to episode reviews of House of the Dragon, not yet at least. So honestly, I'm... Re- oh, that was uh, scheduling. Um, so, like, it was just... I, like, I was sitting there and I was starting to record it and I was like, this... It's not a case of Game of Thrones and the Game of Thrones universe being tarnished for me by the finale. I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to say that. I'm going to say that... The world of Westeros, the world of Game of Thrones, ended in such a way that was such a disappointment and such a un, such an unfulfilled uh, narrative way that to go and see a series that takes place two hundred years in the past, like it, it just doesn't compel me. It doesn't make me interested, like. The Targaryens are not nearly as interesting to me as, you know, the Lannisters and Starks and the Baratheons and everything um, and all of that. Like the character stuff in Game of Thrones was incredible. Here, it's just I I get it. It's fine. But it's it just doesn't really hook me or anything. Um, and I'm going to spoil Game of Thrones because I was really kind of proud of this. But um, I also said this that... Um, this is basically uh, what my House of the Dragon Patreon review would have amounted to if I kept going with the recording. And here's what it would have been. Um, actually, I could, if I still have it on the board, I'm going to do this. Okay. Um, yeah. Hi, 
Patreon. Thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon. I know you downloaded this episode hoping to hear my thoughts on the premiere of House of the Dragon, but remember how Game of Thrones spent seven seasons building toward an epic battle between the undead and the Seven Kingdoms and built up toward a surprise as to who was to the rightful heir to the throne? Then the show had that epic undead versus Seven Kingdoms battle in near pitch black, and then the series ended with a shrug, uh, with a shrug, how about democracy, guys? Ending for the throne? LOL. Anyway, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, so yeah, so that's a very reductive and assholeish way to do that. But uh, but yeah, and it it also completely contradicts what I said about it uh, not really being about the ending of the series. But it just it just didn't. It looks really good. Some of the character stuff in House of the Dragon does have me interested but it's not interesting enough for me to devote 30 to 40 minutes after watching it talking it out because i'm i'm as passive a viewer of this at this moment as uh as i can be and if it compels me if it if it interests me after it if if it hooks me i'm excited for that but right now it's just it's a show so yeah Pardon the pun, but we've been burned before. <laughs> we have. We have. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. just, yeah. Are you going to watch it at all? I know I've asked you that like three times over the <laughs> last like, few months. I'm going to. I could sit here and mm-hmm. play around and be like, oh, I'm not even going to watch it. You know, whatever. Yeah. I wasn't quite as incensed by the last season as a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was not what should have happened. And I think they screwed up and it should have been way better. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was awful. Um, it, it really, really kind of killed my enthusiasm for the series. Yeah. Um, like I don't have any plans to rewatch it. Um, but I, I, I'm going to watch house of dragon eventually. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm going to wait till they all come out. I'm too, too spoiled anymore to just, you know, wait week to week. I just, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally totally get that. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to hear what you think. I'm probably still gonna watch it, but yeah, I can't. I just can't. Did you see the uh, viral video? I think it was on like a New York City street where hmm. someone like pointed their camera up at uh at like a maybe twelve ten twelve story apartment building, hmm. and they were looking and they weren't looking in the windows, but they could see all these windows where all of the flashes of light were timed up at the same time. Cause it was all these people oh, watching wow. house of the dragon at the same time. And it's probably like, huh. there's like maybe 30 or 40 windows in the shot. And like Jeez. half of them, maybe uh, at least 15 of them were synced up because people were watching God. house of the dragon. That's kind like, of amazing. That's, that's kind of nuts, man. Yeah. That's, and to know. be completely honest, I'm surprised. I I'm surprised that it's yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's yeah. good, I hope it's good. Yeah. I don't want really, I don't really want anything to suck really. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to wish ill on anything no. pretty much, you know? Same here. Same here. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So anyway. Interesting. That was a nice preview of Patreon for you guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Um, that's all I have for House of the Dragon, honestly. Uh, do you want to go with your next one? 
Yeah. Um, so Paige and I finally finished watching all of Downton Abbey. Okay. <laughs> um, the show ended in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then they had a a movie come out in 2018, I think. And then this year, another one came out. Yeah. Uh, so we finally watched the last season and then the two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. You never got into that show, did you? I, did you watch I a never bit of it? watched. I never watched any of it, honestly. Never watched any. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I give the show a lot of credit. I think the idea of it is like brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um to kind of choose to tell the story of, you know, the upstairs and the downstairs kind of thing set in Mm -hmm. basically when the 19th century is ending and the 20th century is beginning Mm -hmm. and things are starting to change and the world is evolving away from the concept of royalty and Mm -hmm. all that. It's a brilliant idea. And that dynamic worked for a long time on that show and Mm -hmm. just that dynamic is enough to keep someone like me and a lot of like history buffs or um just kind of drama buffs involved in the show for a long time because it's fascinating to see that play out um but i think by the end by the fifth sixth season you kind of run out of shit because it's like It's like this character, you know, this character is pregnant. This character has fallen in love. This character is in le- having legal trouble. This yeah. this character is, and it's just like, you, you just have to come up with, you can only come up with so many things, I think. Um, sure. And, and so I think the way they ended the series was, was fine. Um, it, it was, wasn't super memorable. And I think there was a little, some fan service in there that they wanted to work in that, didn't necessarily feel too organic. Okay. Uh, but, but for all, overall, I think it's a very pivotal show that I really appreciated in a lot of ways. Nice. Then the two movies were just like, man, the, again, some kind of some cool ideas to put in there, but it was just like annoying fan service. Oh, like, really? So, so fucking annoying. Like kind of like a couple characters that were like, will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. Um, just at the end, they tacked on like, "Oh, they got engaged." And oh, jeez! It's just so. It was so matter of fact and lazy. Ugh. And like you know, some of these characters are like, "This character is going to die off." It's been around forever, mm-hmm. and that character was very um standoffish and kind of off-putting, and a lot of people don't like her. But she mm-hmm. made all these friends in the end, and was nice uh... to everybody at the end. And it's like, wow, that's just lazy. Yeah, I just didn't care yeah. for that. Um, it, it feels like they squandered a lot. Um, I'm curious if they're going to do any more. I don't. I don't need or want any more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it was, it's it's really a shame uh, to see to see what it became. I mean, the first the first two or three seasons are were were top top television. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're so good. Um, and, and I just feel like they squandered a lot of the characters by the end and tried to keep it going for uh, a reason that I don't understand. Yeah. So, and then the Julian fellows is the creator and writer of it. Mm-hmm. He, um, he has that new show now. Um, it's on HBO. Um, 
the golden the gilded age yeah we do, you actually talked about in the last extended potpourri i didn't right i don't think i remember or didn't realize that it was the same person yeah same guy and okay. it's the same pretty much dynamic it's mm-hmm. just in america uh and it's a little bit i think that takes place in like the 1880s maybe so mm-hmm. it's like probably about 40 years 30 years before downton takes place okay um and i just it just it seems kind of tired and doesn't have the the dynamic is is in that context is not anywhere near as compelling so yeah i feel like julian fellows needs to find a new hook or just hang it up right you know um yeah but i mean i do you know if especially if you're a history fan or a uh sociological fan or something like that Mm -hmm. definitely watch the show it's it's really i still think it's a good show i just it it fell it fell victim to um uh you know uh fan fan service and just i i assume the production production company or the studio or whatever was like let's keep making more it's still successful you know yeah one of those deals yeah yeah that's rough um Yeah, that's on digital now, right? Or, uh, yeah, I think we watched it. I can't remember anymore. I think it's on Hulu. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Um, or HBO Max, maybe. Could be. I can't remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm probably never gonna bother with it at this point. I. I mean. Yeah. It, it got a lot of acclaim, and I'm sure that I would probably find a way to enjoy it. But I think the time has passed for me yeah. to, to really, I, I'm not it. sure you'd like it. Oh, honestly. really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not soapish, but it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a lot about who loves who and yeah. It, yeah. If it doesn't have Navy seals crying and having a tea party, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to watch it. So <laughs> there's no Chris Pratt. So nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so kind of keeping with the tv theme um i have something i want to lavish praise upon um if you would allow me um, please do okay so nathan fielder he is a name that is synonymous with with prestige comedy in my opinion he had a show on Comedy Central called Nathan For You, and it is without question one of the funniest pieces of entertainment I have ever consumed. It ran for four seasons. It is currently available to stream on HBO Max. It is absolute perfection. It is about him uh, going to different small businesses and pitching the most outrageous ideas on how to improve their business model a couple of examples are um the first episode he goes to a frozen yogurt shop and pitches a poo flavored yogurt and goes into like like gets it created has it taste tested and everything (laughs) all of this and like throughout the run of the series he he does this character that i don't know how much of it is himself and how much of it is a character but it has this like this social awkwardness and loneliness 
um, baked into it. Like he has like these little things where he will say like, Hey, do you want to hang out sometime? And he just does it in the most like cringe comedy and awkward comedy sort of way. Um, and it works so perfectly. And uh, a couple other examples from Nathan for you. He did a, um, uh, oh, one of my favorite ones. Oh, this is, this is kind of crass, but, uh, his pitch to a hotel was that, uh, when parents go on vacation, they want to have sex, but if they have children, they can't have sex in the hotel room. So his pitch was to have, <laughs> was to have a soundproof of box for the kid to play in that would have. <laughs> It was shaped like a spaceship. <laughs> it was completely soundproof and he had uh he had air pumping through and everything and then just to double down on all of that he <laughs> It's so great. He had jungle noises fed through it. <laughs> and then he had uh like a like he had like a couple um come in and like the kind of underlying thing of this is the ridiculous lengths that people will go to go along with these things and i don't know how much of it is truthful i don't know how much of it is is put up for the show but like he had these two this this couple who had a child and like they hired him for they hired them for like a for a day as actors on the show but the the thing was like they were going to be guinea pigs for this thing so they put the kid in the box and then nathan fielder <laughs> he hired two porn actors <laughs> to have very loud sex in the room and there's this amazing moment where nathan is watching the 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 porn stars have sex with this married couple that he's right next to and then at one point <laughs> You hear one of the, you hear the porn stars refer to each other in like their moment as the name of the married couple. <laughs> and then Nathan just leans in and is like, I, I told them to call each other by your guys' name so it's more realistic for you. <laughs> it's just it's it is it is insane how just how hilarious that show was. And all of this is preamble for me to talk about a show that he just concluded the first season on on HBO Max called The Rehearsal which it honestly feels like it is it is insane to me that there was this show Nathan for you that was like out of this world clever funny hilarious another example from Nathan for you is that they had uh, he went to a movie theater and uh, he, one of the problems was that people buy one tub of popcorn and then share it with the person that they're with. So his pitch was that they institute a no sharing policy. And so he basically had like like night vision cameras in each theater or in the test theater. And then the second that someone <laughs> so they see someone sharing the sharing the popcorn, he goes in with like a headlamp and tells them like you can't share and everything and then like he had like a whiteboard 
in the back that was like, since you guys shared popcorn, we have to put you on this board. And like, it's the board is like pictures of a picture of them. And it says, uh, it says, um, uh, popcorn shares in theater masturbators. <laughs> it's like we could only afford one board. Um, but anyway, so, so anyway, anyway, so the rehearsal takes sort of that same sort of concept, but applies it to life in a different way. Instead of businesses, he is the whole premise. And this kind of blew my mind. I will say this. If you guys don't know what the rehearsal is, stop listening to this and watch that first episode on HBO Max because the reveal of what the core concept of the rehearsal is, is incredible. It is like Andy Kaufman-esque. It is very much like, is it Andy Kaufman? Is that the person I'm thinking of? I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, very much like it is It is this incredible like personal exploration of like a human like a human reaction to things and it is it is the best way i can describe it is that the core concept of the rehearsal is nathan fielder learning it it's it's like it's like a person workshopping and learning how humans interact in the most crazy way imaginable and to be completely honest I'm going to leave it to that. I'm not going to go into detail about what the show is. I'm just going to say that the level of complexity of both the comedy and the human emotion of it is out of this world. And it is insanity to me. It is absolute insanity that Nathan Fielder has one of the greatest comedy shows I've ever seen and in one season seems to have gotten like like improved upon that like the rehearsal like nathan nathan for you is incredible it is an incredible hilarious show it is one of my favorite comedies of all time the rehearsal is transcendent it is (laughs) it is out of this world it's 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 amazing and it was renewed for a second season and i'm so happy so so happy because it is it is it is something it is unlike anything i've ever seen so yeah wow that's awesome yeah Yeah. so the rehearsal hbo max pretty good (laughs) nice it's a hell of an endorsement yeah yeah uh i was like i was gonna do a whole thing where i was like okay now you can skip ahead if you don't want to hear what the core concept is but i'm like no i'm gonna leave it for for you guys to discover nice uh do you know anything about it no, do you okay. do you think I need to watch Nathan for you first before I watch it? No, because they are not well, no, 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 no. Uh I think that my description of Nathan for you is enough detail to let you know because it it's not really like a continuation of Nathan for you. Okay. But it does refer like in the first episode he references Nathan for you. Um okay. but knowing the concept of Nathan for you like you should be fine. But I will say yeah. definitely watch Nathan for you because it is it is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, is Nathan for you streaming anywhere do you know? It is on HBO Max and it might be on like Paramount Plus too. Um but yeah, it is 
it's it's incredible and um yeah i was trying to think just really quickly of another example from nathan for you uh they have he has a, a whole thing where um he he works with like a security guard who has a very unique problem in which he is obsessed with large breasts <laughs> and like it's so we it's it's so weird it's so weird it's so funny it's it's amazing so yeah yeah nice um and is it on paramount plus i just looked it up it's on hulu and hbo max oh nice and on paramount plus as well okay um yeah it's god it is incredible yeah nice i i absolutely love it also on paramount plus just quick plug detroiters i really like that show Um, okay yeah anyway um yeah so that that that's the rehearsal um (laughs) it 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 real good (laughs) nice yeah what do you have next for extended potpourri tiny uh so this will be brief Mm -hmm. um i watched uncharted uh yeah with good old tommy holland Mm -hmm. and uh mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. um (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it other than, um, you know, I, I just don't I don't really know why we needed this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I friend of the show and kind of regular host, not for a mm-hmm. while. Uh, Robert Feckis had a really oh, good yeah. kind of rant about it where he was just like, I don't he was like, I just did not need this movie. He's like, yeah. I, I saw this movie because I played it when I played the video game. The video game is like so cinematic and mm-hmm immersive like that does it just does not need to be made no. um and i thought that was a good way to put it because i i agree you know really i didn't really need this movie um and if it was going to be made it needed to be made like 10 years ago with nathan fillion yeah oh absolutely <laughs> oh yeah um but you know i i mean kind of the only credit i can really give it is that tom holland and mark Wahlberg were pretty solid together mm-hmm. um they had some pretty decent uh chemistry but every other character i was just like why why are you in this movie yeah um and and like everything else i was like i don't care this is so generic yeah and just not interesting i mean the whole i I give it credit as well for the whole plane stunt yeah um which was pretty yeah which is lifted from the video games right right but to pull it off in the movie was pretty cool yeah um that, that was cool um but yeah i just it was like it was like beyond uh beyond the ridiculousness of national treasure yeah like they fucking put these bo- they hooked up these 500 <laughs> year old boats to fucking helicopters and flew them around for like a fucking hour yeah i was just like i mean man i i can suspend my disbelief but mm-hmm. dude yeah, I don't know. I just not as long was... as they can suspend those ships. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. I mean, it's just not. There's. There's not even. It's not. You can point at anything and say, "Oh, this was really bad." Yeah. Because it's not really bad. It was just all so generic. Yeah. The weird and... forced uh, product placement of like Papa John's, where there there's a fight in a Papa John's <laughs> like section, <laughs> yeah. that was really cringeworthy to me. But yeah yeah and and you know the other like i said the other characters just did not go anywhere and and felt so out of place um it it, it, nothing nothing about it was inspired yeah 
Um, yeah, and it's it's just I gave it like two stars, mm-hmm. which maybe that's a little generous, even. Um, so yeah. I hope we don't. I, let, let's just let it. Let's let's let it go. Let's yeah. let it die. I don't. I don't want somebody to try to remake it or no. a sequel. Let's just. Uh, we we got three good video games. Yeah, four actually. Was there four? I I, yeah. never, I think I only played the first two. Maybe mm-hmm. I can't remember. But yeah, um, I actually wrote a review of it. I'll put a link in the show notes and everything. But mm-hmm. like it's it like you said, it is very generic. It is bland. Um, there is a ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, scene where it was clearly like okay they went for a character turn and like the way it's edited is like oh we need this to be pg-13 so like there's a scene of violence where there is like no blood whatsoever and it is so off-putting and weird (laughs) um yeah yeah and and I was bummed because Ruben Fleischer directed it, mm-hmm. um, and I have kind of a soft spot for him. I've been very curious to see if he could, you know, really take off as a top director. He did Zombieland, mm-hmm. yeah, which I loved, and I I thought that was a pretty visionary movie. And I mm-hmm. I've been interested to see what he would do. And um, unfortunately, his path led him to this. And yeah, again, this was just so uninspired. It did not. I like it got to the end, and I was, it said directed by Ruben Fleischer. I was like, oh shit, really? <laughs> That sucks because this was did not feel at all like his style. Yeah, and I yeah he he's someone that just kind of seems like a maybe not by the numbers director, but like he's aside from Zombieland, he's never really wowed me with anything. Ex- yeah, yeah, like Venom was fun because it had no reason being no reason for being really, and it was just kind of fun. But like, right. I didn't like point at it and say like, "Oh, that's a Ruben Fleischer movie." I was like, "That's a silly Venom movie that I'm not gonna think about for ten, like ten minutes after I leave the theater." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how uh, unique his segment, his signature is as a director. Um, yeah, the only the only one that really feels um, personal is Zombieland. Everything yeah. else feels feels pretty generic. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's it kind of a shame, but honestly, I don't know. I don't know what we could expect from an Uncharted movie. Yeah, honestly, that was kind of my whole thing coming out, like going into the theater when I saw it was that I, I already know, and this is an unfair place to go into it. I already know that like the storytelling in, in the video games, the storytelling, the cinematic nature of it. there's no way it'll be topped like in 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 another medium so i'll have as much fun with it as i can and i did and it hit netflix recently and i have had no desire to rewatch it so (laughs) yeah yeah i'll 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 never see it again yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah yeah uh do you want me to go on to my next one yes okay so i am going to talk about the new uh, film that just hit Shutter with some Indiana ties, actually. Uh, mm. Glorious. Have you heard about this movie, Tiny? Um, no, I've seen maybe an ad for it, but I haven't watched the trailer or anything. Okay. So it's 
uh, I'm not going to like read the plot summary or anything. Basically, it is uh, Ryan uh, Quentin uh, uh-huh. from True Blood. He plays a man who has recently gone through a breakup. He stops at a rest area uh, bathroom and uh, kind of gets drunk. And then he, the next morning, he's hungover in the bathroom. Uh, like, he gets drunk at the rest area, goes into the bathroom to be hungover, and notices a glory hole in the stall door, in the stall door, or a stall wind, um, stall wall. There we go. Um, <laughs> and the disembodied voice of J.K. Simmons speaks to him through the glory hole and reveals himself to be a Lovecraftian-style monster from another, like, universe, from outside the universe, and he has a prep a, a proposition for Ryan Quantin um that I won't say what it is it's not it's not what you think it would be um but the proposition he has the 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 like fate of the universe hangs in the balance <laughs> <laughs> and this movie is so much fun <laughs> nice it's it's a lot of fun and um uh this guy josh uh joshua hull who lives in indy actually co-wrote the script um and so there's a nice like indiana tie like he actually there was actually a uh a screening at the indiana state museum where friend of the show and my colleague from the ifj sam watermeyer he actually moderated the q a afterwards with josh um, oh, there yeah it was it was a bummer that i couldn't make it or anything um so i didn't get to go but it was i got to see i got to see the movie like on a screener and it was it was fin- it was it was a lot of fun it was it was a lot of fun very original very lovecraftian in a very gross and very colorful way um mm. and there's like elements of saw to it as well because uh this guy becomes confined in this bathroom and what really what really stands out to me is the dialogue between him and the monster and J.K. Simmons. Um, and it's just like this very interesting, like, not battle of wills, really, but it is this interesting just like back and forth between them that just never lets up the like the, the energy never kind of dissipates. It's all just very energetic and very, very cool for a self-contained kind of movie. So, yeah. That sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. Is that going to be out in theaters, or is it going to be like on the Shutter service only? It is only. It is available to stream on Shutter right now, so it's not going to okay. have a theatrical run uh, okay. here, as far as I know. But it is on Shutter. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'm totally um, intrigued. That sounds good. Nice, nice. Yeah, I wrote a review of it on ObsessiveViewer.com, so check that out. Um, but yeah, but it was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Um, and do you want, uh, to do one more round? Yes. Okay. Uh, what do you have for your last bit of potpourri for this episode, Tiny? Uh, so yesterday I watched the season finale of Severance. Nice. And holy shit, man. Yep. I just... I have not seen another show like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, I think it was you who said that it, um, it's like an episode 
of Black Mirror that got an entire season. Yep. Which is a beautiful fucking sentence. No, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it's it's just well said on your part, mm-hmm. but also like it's amazing. Like imagine if you know another Black Mirror episode got a whole season. Like yo, absolutely. Just that concept, you know, deep deep diving into one of those episodes mm-hmm. would be amazing. Um, yeah, I was so blown away by the show. I mean. Um, I, I didn't know where it was going to go. Uh, I didn't know. I was just so pleasantly surprised all along the way and, um, a little disturbed, uh, at some of it. And, you know, the, the acting is just tops. Like it doesn't get any better. Like I, I was blown away by every performance in the show. Um, I'm kind of up and down on Patricia Arquette. Oh, okay. Sometimes, yeah. like, like, uh, like, she, she was in the. Uh, didn't she win an Oscar for boy, Boyhood? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. And and like, I, I like her as an actor, and mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I didn't necessarily agree with that win, like her winning an Oscar for that. Right. Um, uh, I wasn't super thrilled with her performance, but Severance is one of those times where she's on point. Nice. Um, I, th- I thought she did such a good job. She, her ability to kind of, uh, she doesn't, her character doesn't transition between um, thoughts and ideas and themes. She just jumps straight into something. Like she, yeah. she will be having a normal conversation and then just bite somebody's head off. Yes. And, and her ability to pull it off in such a straight way. Like she's so, her character is like so hyper focused. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's like it's like brutal yeah. uh, to watch her act. Um, I, I was I was amazed at Patricia Arquette, but she she's one of many. I mean, so many of these mm-hmm. performances are just incredible. I was so blown away by the show, yeah. and the concept is just absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. I I haven't really had time to dive into it at all. Is this mm-hmm. based on anything? Um, I don't believe it is. I think it's just an original concept. Um, I know wow. Ben Stiller is a producer on it and directed a fair number of the episodes. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the concept originated from, but it is, I agree wholeheartedly. It is an incredible concept and it is explored so, so interestingly. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's, um, it's it's funny because there's a surprising amount of like comedy in it um situational and like some of the lines like uh, one of the characters uh dylan Mm -hmm. is very um kind of like gen z-ish kind of attitude like curses a lot and has all these goofy theories about stuff and i don't really know how to how to quantify his uh, his character, but uh, yeah, he's 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 a comic relief a lot of the time. Yeah, um, and Ad- Adam Scott as Mark S. Mm-hmm. Um, his some of his uh, his lines when he's an Audi, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's bounces off kind of some smart ass snarky remarks that are kind of funny with his sister and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm still like 24 hours later, kind of trying to wrap my head around it. And and understand like 
not not understand it because it's not really confusing. No, like, they at do all. a I mean, really good job of of right. explaining things. Yeah, it's mysterious, but it's not mm-hmm. confusing. Yeah. Um, and but I just trying to wrap my head around it and 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 you know put yourself in the shoes of the characters is yeah disturbing and exciting and I mean there's there's some tension that is just that is just absolutely thick and dense and just like I was like Paige was working from home and she had like a late meeting when Mm -hmm. I was watching it and she was like she like heard me like reacting to it (laughs) I was like like audibly reacting to it like going like 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 sucking in my breath and like like like, the finale specifically the finale specifically Yeah, I was just like, oh fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's it's just such a great show, and I can't yeah. even like you know without going into spoilers, you can't. It's hard to even talk about. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you just—it's one of those things you got to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so good. I don't even know what else to say about it, honestly. Yeah, it was it was funny because you had texted me while while like I presume that it was immediately after you finished the the finale and you said please for the love of god i don't know exactly what you said but please for the love of god tell me that this was renewed for a second season (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah it was renewed in april and it was nominated for 14 emmys uh wow which i think might actually be a record for a for a for a freshman series um yeah it's That's amazing. Yeah. And quick plug for Patreon. I recorded, I did uh, episode reviews for each episode um, of Severance. And I did something special for the finale. I basically, I recorded myself watching the, the I, rec- I auto, audio recorded myself uh, watching the finale and basically spliced in, spliced together uh, some of my choice reactions to moments in the finale. Um <laughs> It was that was that was a lot of fun. It was a little daunting to get it all set up, but it was it was a lot of fun. Sweet. Um, yeah. And then I did my normal review of it, but Yeah. But yeah, that's at the two dollar level if you go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I absolutely adore that show. It's incredible. Yeah. I, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. No. And like the further it got like there were moments throughout the series where throughout the season where I was just like, Oh my God. I like, I knew what the concept was. And then as the episodes unfolded, I, it, it does this very organic way of just introducing these other elements to it and really diving into what exactly the concept means for the characters and and for the world as a whole in this universe and i was just floored by that the world building is absolutely astounding like right. the implications of what severance is is it's just so it's so cool it's just so cool and it's explored so well i i love it yeah yeah i totally agree yeah. um there was something i was going to say oh it's it's one of the like if I was teaching a class, mm-hmm. um, which why the fuck would I ever teach class? <laughs> but if I was teaching a class and the theme of the day was how to create a movie or a show where you you show your audience what's mm-hmm. going on as opposed to explaining it in dialogue, right? Yeah. 
show don't tell. That's what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do in the in the visual medium of films and television. Yeah, and I, that's that's hard. That's hard to do because. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I fully agree. And sometimes you just got to have an exposition dump, yeah. unless you're fucking Severance, right? I, I, it is amazing what they were able to show mm-hmm. instead of explaining in an exposition dump. Yeah, like I, I adore Christopher Nolan still, mm-hmm. and he's known for his exposition dumps. Yeah. And I, I don't mind it, but like, mm-hmm. man, if he could do something. Like I want him to watch the show and take notes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just amazed at what they were. It's not a really a dialogue heavy show. No. Um. And, and a, a lot of the dialogue is is characters bouncing off one another. Yeah. And reacting to what's going on as opposed to really discussing things. You know what I mean? Like there, there's times where there's like a character talking to Mark Scout played mm-hmm. by Adam Scott and they're like so what it's like to, what is it like to be severed and like tell me what severance is and stuff like that and he kind of doesn't yeah like it's it's like it just it goes into him developing as a character as mm-hmm. opposed to him telling us what severance is yeah oh yeah like that's not that's not a very good example on my part it's just it's something <laughs> you it's something you got to experience yeah. you got to watch you just got to watch the show oh yeah it it is Oh, it's absolutely incredible. I, I, yeah. If, if HBO had gotten this show, Mm -hmm. holy fuck. Like everybody, (laughs) like everybody like what's Game of Thrones? Oh, that show. That's right. Yeah. Right. A while ago. You know, like this would be, it's almost a shame that it's on Apple TV because it's, which I don't, I'm not shitting on Apple TV. It's, it's been a fine service since I've joined it. Um, but you know, it's, it's still kind of not. I don't know how popular. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many subscriptions it has compared to something like HBO Max. Right. It you is. Know? It's still fairly new, and like, yeah, it kind of feels like it's slightly limiting its audience by being on right. that. But I mean, I think the acclaim that Severance has gotten is is definitely enough to to catapult it. Because I really, I really hope so. Yeah. Just. Oh, in that finale, God, uh, yeah, it was, mm. it was incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, so, so brilliant. Yeah, I recommend if you haven't already, and you don't have to, but you should definitely listen to my reviews. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice, because I, I, I had a lot of fun with them. It was, it was so much fun. Nice. Um, and you, the listener, should listen to my reviews. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash obsessive viewer um sweet yeah. So yeah that is all i have for this uh extended potpourri nice i will go ahead and round us out with a relatively quick um quick review of a hulu original movie um this is the only one that i had notes for <laughs> <laughs> it's uh not okay uh, starring Zoe Deutsch, uh, Mia Isaac from uh, uh, Don't Make Me Go, uh, Tia D- Dion, D- wow, Tia Dion, Dion, Dion Hodge, and Dylan O'Brien. <laughs> Uh, directed and written by Quinn Shepard, the premise is an ambitious young woman finds followers and fame when she poses as the survivor of a deadly attack, but she soon learns that online notoriety comes with a terrible price. Um, I think I reviewed this movie. If I did, 
I did I actually complete the review? Um no, uh, I didn't. Anyway, uh, so yeah, okay, so yeah, I did not review the movie, but um, it's it's fine. It's interesting. It's interesting. It kind of feels like Easy A in a certain respect, um, but where I, I, on Letterboxd I said um, that it feels like Easy A if olive was obsessed with um uh okay it's kind of like easy a if if olive had an affinity for influencers instead of 80s movies and it's dear evan hansen if the grieving family he manipulated wasn't a school shooting survivor uh, or was a school shooting survivor and if the story had self had the self-awareness to realize how irredeemable its protagonist was um anyway that's a long-winded way of saying um the movie was fine. What I found interesting is that it, the whole kind of premise is that this is that Zoe Deutsch plays this, this woman who wants to be famous or wants to be like, she wants to be a writer and everything. And she is very, very much interested and obsessed with her like public persona and public image and impressing like influencers and there there was one really funny uh letterboxed like like there was a letterboxed um main review or like popular review of it that was just um for context in the movie Dylan O'Brien plays this this very like kind of stonery douchey like influencer guy um who's constantly vaping and covered in tattoos and like has like bleach blonde hair. It's it's he's very much of a type, and for some reason Zoe Deutsch's character is is like obsessed with him. But one of the like top letterbox reviews is really loved uh, Dylan O'Brien's uh, performance as Pete Davidson in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> and like I can't unsee it. Um, it's, That's awesome. Yeah, that letterbox user is uh very much on point. Um uh gal uh their username on Letterboxd is um oh I don't know how. But anyway, Gal Balaban. But anyway, um this movie is fine. It's it's interesting as a character study of a person who gets themselves into a very um precarious situation publicly where basically she um she she wants to like she she finds herself in a lie where she says that she is going to paris and so to facilitate this lie she starts posting pictures on her social media like doctored photos of her in paris and then she wakes up one morning to find out that there was a horrible terrorist attack in Paris. And then she uses that to her advantage by kind of pretending to be a survivor of it. And it goes into some pretty dark places when she goes into like a survivor um, support group and befriends like this very, very popular like activist. And something that I found really interesting about the movie is the way that it it showcases how how um self-centered she Zoe Deutsch's character is because she will have 
it's like she's not even really trying or conscious of why of like how she should act in this kind of lie that she's created for herself but she's all it, it the movie also demonstrates how she acts completely different from everyone else that has actually been through a traumatic event event like that and like that's interesting and everything and it carries the movie pretty well but by the like third act i'm kind of like not really that into it like it's it's kind of it wears out its welcome a little bit i do like that the movie doesn't really give her any um leeway like it doesn't it doesn't paint her in a way that makes her sympathetic um which is good but also it just kind of it didn't really leave that strong of an impression so anyway it's on hulu it's called not okay um have you heard about this are you interested in it i haven't heard about it um it's kind of a shame that it was just okay i love zoe deutsch oh me too she she's awesome um and I kind of love, just based on what you described, I love her being cast in that role. Yeah. I was like, great casting for that role. So, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I wasn't familiar with it, but uh, my interest is a little peaked. Nice. Nice. Well, if you check it out, let me know what you think. Cool. Um, it makes yeah. me think of that um, documentary that came out. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. There's that. Um, the uh, Woman Who Wasn't the, There. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she pretended to be a 9-11 survivor. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Yep. So, yeah, that was a cool. really good documentary. Yep. Yeah. Um all right, well, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Obsessive Viewer. Um anything uh coming up that you're excited about or anything? Um nothing that jumps out. Um I had Paige and I just started the new series on uh it on hulu hmm. amazon i can't I, I can't keep it straight anymore yeah. um the league of their own they're making oh, a tv show yeah of, amazon prime uh, amazon prime okay i couldn't remember um so yeah we started that it's uh it's pretty interesting the acting is really good so far nice. so yeah and it's not like a straight rip off of the mm-hmm. the movie uh which is a fantastic movie yeah um, but yeah, it's interesting. I'll let, I'll let, uh, I'll check back in in the future and let you guys know uh, what I thought of it. Nice. Um, on my end, I am going to be starting a new episode review series on Patreon for Dark, which is on Netflix. So look forward to that. Um, again, check out patreon.com slash obsessive viewer, sign up for, uh, whichever tier you want to. And, uh, yeah, the $2 tier is where all the good stuff is. And then $5 tier is that plus, uh, some other cool bonus stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, that'll do it for this episode. I'm going to go ahead and play us out. Uh, once again, thank you guys so much for listening and, uh, yeah. Uh, hope you have a good one. Tiny. Uh, thank you for joining me on this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me on my own podcast. (laughs) Says Tiny. Um, All right. Well, thank you guys, and we'll see you in the next episode. And now, enjoy this short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. For the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, such as early access to episodes, TV book and movie reviews and reaction recordings, commentary tracks, and Patreon poopery episodes, go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Yeah. 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 I fully agree. Um, 
I, uh, I've committed since basically since I was flirting with the idea after the 2020 election. And Mm -hmm. then since the overturning of Roe, Mm -hmm. I'm fully committing that through 2024, I am putting in straight Democrat tickets. Oh yeah. Yep. And I've never done that. I, and Mm -hmm. I haven't been voting for a long time, but I've never done that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I heard, I retweeted this. I'm going to actually play the audio of it because it is, it's, I mean, like I, I heard this, I watched this video and I was like, the Republican party is literally evil. Like it is, it is just evil. So I, and this might actually be kind of not uh i don't want to use the word triggering but this might be personally affected by you but um someone tweeted i'm haunted by the south carolina republican representative neil collins realizing that the anti-abortion bills he supported are now forcing women and girls to carry non-viable pregnancies at risk of sepsis death and loss of the uterus all of these outcomes were inevitable and predicted and here is uh, his statement, Neil Collins's statement. Um, here we go. Oh, hang on. Okay, here we go. This podcast was edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find links to all of our shows at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. For exclusive bonus content, including reviews, commentaries, and B-roll episodes, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.